Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96, Comcast Xfinity, and Channel 30, Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Now on to the talking news. A Call for Parents' Schools to Combat Sexual Assault by Christy Armstrong. The topic of sexual assault could not be more current. Over the past few weeks, newspaper headlines have been emblazoned with the names of people in positions of power who are being accused of sexual assault. Belmont resident Wendy Murphy director of the Women's and Children's Advocacy Project at the Center for Law and Social Responsibility at the New England School of Law, has made it her life's work to educate young people and men and the public of the rights and protections that do exist for women when they have been the victims of sexual assault. This topic and how Title IX protections apply particularly to sexual assault issues, was the, obj- was the objective of the November 13 Belmont High PTSO and Belmont Women's Club-sponsored presentation given by Murphy and her co-presenter Annie Lewis O'Connor, who is the director of the CARE Clinic of Brigham and Women's Hospital. Many people think of Title IX as legislation relating to girls and sports, presenters said, but in fact it is a gender equality mandate that guarantees women equal access to education and protection from harassment and violence. Title IX obligates schools to deal promptly, equitably, and effectively with campus-based reports of violence based on sex. Murphy said she believes most young women experiencing this kind of trauma are not supported and defended. Women suffer far more serious discrimination for assault, and although they are protected by the law, in practice women and girls do not receive the same protection, Murphy said. It's very important that women know that their rights and how to enforce them. In Murphy's eyes, Colleges and universities do not do enough to help student victims of sexual assault. A school's primary interest is to protect the institution, said Murphy. They'll send you to counseling and give you flexibility with exams, but they won't take effective steps. According to Murphy, colleagues and universities sometimes respond as if sexual assault were, respo- were, were acceptable on some levels and blame the victim. The aftermath and lack of respect from the school can be as traumatic as the event itself for sexual assault victims. Dealing with the trauma of sexual assault is where Lewis O'Connor comes in. The Coordinated Approach Recovery and Empowerment, or CARE, clinic 
at women at Brigham and Women's Hospital was founded by Lewis O'Connor to provide treatment to victims of gender-based violence, domestic and sexual abuse, and human trafficking. Lewis O'Connor stated that the primary goal of the clinic is to help these women land strong and land healthy, and she is involved in all of the facets of making sure they get the medical, psychological, and emotional care they need. We respect the autonomy of victims and support them in how they choose to handle it, said Lewis O'Connor. Often only two sides are addressed. Either it was sexual assault or it wasn't. And we need focus on the victim and start discussing the gray area. Both Lewis O'Connor and Murphy stressed that parents need to have conversations with their children and teenagers about sexual assault, how to watch out for it, how to deal with it, and how to prevent it. The likelihood is that it will be some, someone they know and trust, stated Lewis O'Connor. Kids should always have an adult, a parent, a relative, or a close family friend who they feel can, they can confide in and something like this occurs. High school and college students also need to be aware of how to keep themselves safe from sexual assault. Talk about how to drink responsibly and how to intervene and stand up for a person who is in a vulnerable position if you are a bystander, said Lewis O'Connor. Equally important, boys need to be raised and actively taught not to engage in or support behavior that promotes sexual assault. It's such a significant problem, and it's not being handled in other ways, said Murphy. Young women don't know what they will face. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Belmont Books presents Trans Poet and Professor by Hope Kelly. Stephanie Burt is not an easy person to describe. The New York Times called the 41-year-old Belmont resident one of the most influential poetry critics of his generation. That was 2012, when Stephanie Burt was known as Stephen Burt. Burt officially announced her gender transition this summer, but has been a visible and vocal advocate of transgender rights and queer culture for years. She is also a poet a tenured professor of English at Harvard, and with her wife, Jessie Bennett, a parent of two sons in the Belmont schools. Bert recently published her fourth book of poetry, and an enthusiastic audience gathered at Belmont Books on November 16 to hear her read. She arrived a bit late and breathless, straight from library night at Burbank School. It was a fitting entrance for a poet who writes extensively about parenting and raising a family in a small suburban town. She opened with just such a poem from an earlier collection, which is titled simply Belmont. Quote, it's about settling down and settling in and trying not to settle for. About three miles from the urban core, where the not quite wild, bald turkey, looking so lost and inquisitive next to the stop for the 74. Quote, we have learned to carry everywhere sunscreen, 
and insect repellent and pretzel sticks and aquaphor in case any shrubs cr scratch the kids. We mean it when we say we like it. We feel sure. It's safe around here, and once we feel safe, it's our nature to say we're unsatisfied and pretend to seek more. Bert's poetry is full of local references. 74 refers to the MBTA bus route. Bert settled in Belmont 10 years ago when her older son was still in a stroller. Odes to Home. Bert published Belmont in 2013. It's really the being a responsible parent, trying to figure out what you can do for your partner and kids and your town and the neighborhood book. I'm still really happy with it. All of those poems are connected in some way to making the life you want to have for and with your young children. There was a time when that was me, she said. She says each of her collections has coincided with a major transition. Every time I publish a book of poetry, something happens in my life and it changes. All the changes are good, but they're big adjustments. My first book of poetry came out. I got a job. We left New York and moved to Minnesota. My second book of poetry came out and our older kid was two weeks old on the publication date and so now I'm a parent. The third book of poetry, which is Belmont, was in press around the same time the New York Times did this piece about me as, quote, poetry's cross-dressing kingmaker, she said. It was a widely read article with a provocative title, Kingmaker, was a reference to Burt's rising influence as a literary critic with the power to shape writing careers. As for the cross-dressing, Bert had been wearing women's clothing publicly for years. Still, she says, the article marked the beginning of the coming out process. She says her new book, Advice from the Lights, coincided with the end of that process. I'm a woman all the time now. It's very simple. Transgender women are women. I'm a woman, and that's what's going on. That process happened while this book was physically being printed, she said. Exploring her past. Advice from the Lights is Bert's fourth poetry collection and is full of what Bert calls invented girlhood memories. Quote, like if I had grown up as a real girl and people knew I was a girl all along, what would that be, have been like? Other poems contain actual memories of childhood and adolescence in a body that always felt amiss. My 1975 is the book's opening poem. Quote, I was Mr. Spock being raised by Dr. Spock. I was told I was free, but only free to be me. I knew I loved my digital clock. I would have trusted my instincts if I had any, or if I could have given them a name. I was deceived by the body that I mistook for a bad penny, by the shimmery beauty of my immediate peers which I mistook for fame. Bert also read Fifth Grade Time Capsule. I dream of the day when I am decoded and vaunted of a floral float in a parade, if not a chauffeured evening on the town. The people who pick me up can never be the same as the ones who put me down. My family and I are in the right place. At this point, Bert still answers to Stephen, she is tolerant, even forgiving, 
when people use masculine pronouns to refer to her and her work. It's not ideal, she wrote on Facebook, announcing her transition, but it won't ruin my day. Asked what it's like to be a trans in Belmont, Bert says she feels welcomed and accepted, then focuses the rest of her answer on her experience as a parent. Now, here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Three Ways to Donate to the Food Pantry by Joanna K. Suvalis. One, support Gifts of Hope fundraisers. Ten independently owned local businesses are giving back this holiday season by hosting Gifts of Hope fundraisers to benefit the Belmont Food Pantry. As you make your lists and check them twice, be sure to support these fundraisers. On November 30th, Zia's clothing outlet donated 10% of all sales. If you're not sure what to get, owner Karen Costigan and her staff offer personalized service to help you make the best selection for your recipients. On December 11th, nine Belmont Center businesses, including Bells and Whistles, Everybody Pilates, Toy Shop of Belmont, Cambridge Ware, 30 Petals Boutique, Champions Sporting Goods, QV Fine Wines, Didricks, and Local Root, are also donating a percentage of sales to the Belmont Food Pantry. Wine and Dine on December 13th at Savino's in Cushing Square, and owner Tom Cotrone, who has been supporting Gifts of Hope for the past decade, will donate a percentage of sales from lunch and dinner to the pantry. 2. Gifts of Hope Telethon The Belmont Media Center collaborated with the Belmont Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont with a telethon from noon to 5 p.m. back on Saturday, December 2nd. Residents were encouraged to call 617-484-2443 or stop into the studio located at 9 Lexington Street, Belmont to make a monetary or food donation to the Belmont Food Pantry. Items needed included shampoo, toothpaste and toothbrushes, soap, both bar and liquid, sanitary napkins, razors and shaving cream, household cleaners, spray bottles and wipes, coffee, tea, canned chili with meat, and stews, canned beets, peas and mixed vegetables, mushrooms, cooking oil, tuna fish, and canned fruit. Checks should be made payable to the Belmont Food Pantry. Or, number three, you can mail your donation. Gifts of Hope raised more than $40,000 in 2016 for the Belmont Food Pantry, thanks to contributions from local businesses and residents. The pantry is open five times each month and helps feed 60 Belmont families. The extra funds raised during the holiday season help the pantry purchase gift cards to Target to help families purchase food and gifts for their families for the holiday season. Mail your tax-deductible donation, payable to the Belmont Food Pantry, to Belmont Food Pantry, P.O. Box 291, Belmont, Mass., 02478. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Winter in Bloom by Mary Rines. The birds have flown and the leaves have fallen, but that doesn't mean there is no place for colorful garden plants during the cold months. Indoors spreads holiday cheers with blushing poinsettias, snowy orchids, and the red and white amaryllis. The Christmas cactus, which blooms in December, or the lemon cypress tree with a citrusy-smelling leaf. 
add life and color to the season. Below, local garden center experts share their fall and winter selections and offer great advice about gifts for gardeners. Flowers. Some people prefer to take on a holiday tone with the traditional poinsettia. Other plants that transition well after the holiday season are orchids, citrus plants, and amaryllis. They bring a sense of enjoyment in the home and after the holidays are over. Citrus plants. A lot of plants can successfully bear fruit indoors in the winter season. Then put the plant outside when the weather is warm again. A mayor lemon tree is a popular one. There's also some orange trees. A lot of these are available in a dwarf size, so it's a little bit more manageable. Herbs. We always suggest culinary herbs like basil. Rosemary is a popular one during the holidays. Anything that you can put in a kitchen window. Useful tools. We, we recommend Corona pruners. It's just a real quality brand, and there's a lot of different models for people who are left-handed. It's definitely our go-to brand here. Plants for decorating. A lot of people are gravitating towards flowering plants and foliage-based arrangements that are not overtly holiday, but a little more winter. That can take them right through to Christmas and maybe a New Year's Eve party. Flowers. Hydrangeas, amaryllis, paper whites, white orchids, and cyclamen. They're seeing the white palette trending more. It's a little bit cleaner looking. A lot of people pair them with succulents. Eucalyptus is another popular item. It has a nice fragrance and pretty leaf, and it's festive. Jasmine is another big popular item with a beautiful fragrance, pretty white flower. Foliage. People mix and match. Take a succulent or something like a fern, which has the green, and pair it with something that has a pretty white bloom. Sometimes people will take cut greens, like thyme or balsam, and incorporate them into the tablescape and make it feel more holiday with some mini lights, like a winter garden within the tablescape. And now over to Claire. Thanks, Bob. Unique holiday shopping event at Belmont Gallery of Art. Come celebrate the holidays and find unique art gifts for friends and family at the Belmont Gallery of Art's annual Small Works Show and Sale during two special weekends in December, 8th to the 10th and December 15th to the 17th. First started in 2008, the BGA's Small Works Show and Sale is an opportunity for gallery visitors to purchase affordable, one-of-a-kind art gifts for the holidays, while also supporting the local arts community. The 2017 Small Works Holiday Show offers original art by over two dozen local artists in a variety of media, including paintings, ceramics, prints, photographs, and textile art, as well as jewelry and cards. Small works are priced from $10 to $200 and selected by the artists with gift giving in mind. All art presented in the show is available for sale with items taken at the time of purchase. 
Holiday Open House, December 9. New this year is the BGA's Holiday Open House, taking place on Saturday, December 9th, from noon to 5 p.m. This special event will feature lots of art gifts, cider, and sweets, and live music with vocalist Beth Purcell and pianist Joe Reed. BGA events are free and open to the public. The BGA is especially looking forward to having the public visit the gallery during its first holiday open house, says BGA Director Rebecca Richards. I'm excited that the event includes live music, she adds. Beth and Joe's performance of songs of home and holidays will not only give gallery visitors a truly festival shopping experience, but will also add to their enjoyment of the BGA's home exhibit also on display. Please note that the Belmont Gallery of Art will be open special extended shopping hours on Thursday and Friday nights and Saturday afternoons for the Small Works Show. The Belmont Gallery of Art is located in the Homer Municipal Building, third floor, part of the Town Hall <coughs> Complex. And now over to Max. Thank you, Claire. <coughs> New high school designs presented. Officials review four different three-dimensional diagrams by Joanna K. Suvelis. Perkins and Will, the architectural firm hired for the feasibility phase of the Belmont High School building project, presented four different three-dimensional diagrams of design options for the school at a joint meeting with the BHS Building Committee, the Belmont Board of Selectmen, and the School Committee on November 16th. One option is for a major renovation with a minor addition. Two of the options are for minor renovations with major additions, and one is for an all-new construction. The cost of the options, according to Project Manager Thomas Getzunis with Daedalus, will be about $500 per square foot. The current building is 260,000 square feet. The options being considered are three different grade configurations, grades 9 through 12, grades 8 through 12, and grades 7 through 12, ranging from 350,000 square feet to 450,000 square feet. Getsunis estimated the project to cost $118 million to $132 million to upgrade the existing high school. For the grade 9 to 12 configuration, either renovation with the addition or new construction, the estimated cost is $200 million to $230 million. For the grade 8 to 12 option, the estimated cost is $230 to $270 million. For the grade 7 to 12 option, it is estimated to cost $260 to $300 million. Included in this preliminary estimate is the cost for removing hazardous waste material from the high school site. This will be necessary no matter what the final option is, which is estimated to cost $10 million. New construction versus renovation and an addition. The new four-story compact construction option would be the least intrusive option for students occupying the high school building and the fastest to complete. However, it would not include a pool and would have a smaller gymnasium. The Massachusetts School Building Authority, MSBA, will not provide funding for a new pool. The current gymnasium is 30,000 square feet. 
The new gymnasium would be 20,000 square feet. All of the renovation and addition options would preserve the current gymnasium and field house as well as the upstairs gymnasium. BHS Principal Dan Richards responded to a question from BHS Building Committee Chairman Bill Lavallo about how a compact school would impact teaching and learning. Richards said it would be easier to keep an eye on everybody. There would be less walking. It would bring staff and students together and give teachers more opportunity to collaborate. The playing fields for all the options would need to be adjusted, said Lavallo, and the orientation of the fields would be improved. Parking for some of the options would be distributed more, rather than the current concentration that exists today. The current location of the Skip Viglirolo ice rink would be changed, would not be changed, excuse me. All of the options presented to Perkins and Will have views of clay pit pond and green areas and locate parking in the back. Back to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Pantry Director Looks Back at the Past 25 Years by Joanna K. Zuvalis. Former Belmont resident Patricia Mahalich founded the Belmont Food Pantry, which opened its doors 25 years ago on December 5, 1992, to provide food and household items to Belmont families in need. At the special town meeting on November 13, the town of Belmont honored the pantry with the proclamation from the Board of Selectmen. Mihailich knew there was a need for a local pantry in Belmont and wrote a letter to the selectmen 25 years ago asking them if there was space somewhere in town where they could use, where they could use to start one. The basement of the former fire station on Trapello Road was the original location. She remembers 16 people came the first day they opened. Clients of the pantry need to show proof of residence with a utility bill or lease. Mihailich said the pantry has grown consistently over the past 25 years by about 1% every year. The current location is the basement of Mount Hope Church, 51 Lexington Street, Belmont, is the fifth location for the pantry in the past 25 years. Mihailich hopes to find a permanent location which has enough room for sorting as well as a refrigerator to store perishable food. After receiving the proclamation on behalf of the pantry, Mihailich expressed her heartfelt gratitude to the hundreds of volunteers and donors who help make what they do possible. She highlighted the most successful fundraisers and collections held every year, including Belmont Serves, the Belmont Letter Carriers Food Drive, the Chenery Middle School Food Drive, Produce from the Belmont Food Collaborative and Belmont High School Garden, and the Belmont Citizen Herald Gifts of Hope campaign. For more than 20 years, our biggest monetary funding has been through the Belmont Citizen Herald Gifts of Hope campaign, said Mihailich. In recent years, donations collected through the campaign during the holiday season totaled between $45,000 and $65,000. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. 
The rodent problem at Joey's Park is resolved. The park is open. It's been about one month since Joey's Park closed due to evidence of rats under the play structures. Assurance Pest Solutions, a professional pest control operator, was hired by the Department of Public Works to investigate and treat the rodent problem, which is now resolved. It reopened on November 22nd. To help prevent future rodent infestations at Joey's Park, Public Works would like to encourage guests of the park to carry in and carry out any food, drinks, and trash items, which may attract nuisance wildlife to the area. Please help us keep our parks clean and safe for everyone to enjoy. And now to Max. Thanks, Claire. Town Hold's Annual Veterans Breakfast. The third annual Veterans Breakfast at Beach Street Center was sponsored by East Cambridge Savings Bank. Many local veterans, family, and friends attended. The Belmont Hill School B-Flats a cappella entertained the veterans. There was a special award presentation to a Korean War veteran honoring Dana McDonald with the Korean Peace Medal. This process is now being made available to Korean War veterans through the Consulate General of the Republic of Korea in Boston. To learn more about the process and to obtain an application for Korean War veterans to receive the Korean Peace Medal, contact Bob Upton at Veterans Service Office in Belmont at rupton at belmont-ma.gov. Back to Bob. Along with my colleagues Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.